Superman Forever Radio, Episode 83. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, people believe tall buildings at a single bound, the instant of ship town is now the man of steel, Superman! Hello and welcome to Superman Forever Radio. I'm Bob Fisher. Thanks for downloading Superman Forever Radio. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and I know how precious time is and how difficult it is to squeeze things in. And I just want to say thanks for, you know, including me into uh, this part of your listening time. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I'd also like to thank everybody who sent in email. I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate email better into the show because of my particular vision problem. I don't read email aloud particularly well. It would not be a pleasurable experience for you. So what I'm thinking about doing is uh, when I've collected enough of them, I'll put them on the air using the uh, text-to-speech software that I use. records it as an MP3 file. I can highlight text and send that text to this program, Text Aloud, which will in turn record it as an MP3 file. And then I'll play that for you so you can hear the email as I hear it. And then I can respond to it that way. And I think that might be, you know, an interesting, fun way to do this uh, so that you can also hear the email. But in the meantime, I'd like to thank those of you who have sent email and uh, gotten in touch through Facebook. I do appreciate it, uh, including Michael Bailey, whom, without whom, rather, uh, I probably would not be doing this show had we not recorded together, had I not listened to his show for years and then gotten to know him over the last couple of years through Facebook and recorded a couple of times with him. As I said, I probably would not be doing this, and some of the great words he said just blew me away. Thank you, Michael Bailey. Views from the Long Box. Michael Bradley from Superman and Batman, a supporter from the beginning. Thank you, Michael Bradley, for some great, great words. Charlie Niemeyer, playing my promo, sending some great words to me. Uh, Incredible. Hey Kids Comics, Andy Leyland. Now, here's something funny. I'm listening to Hey Kids Comics this weekend. Laughing as I usually do, Hey Kids Comics is uh, a comic book podcast done by Andrew Leyland and his son, Michael. They read comics and they talk about them. It's a great show, but uh, I'm listening to them. It's very funny. I'm laughing my little butt off. And they're doing their email segment. It's very funny. And the theme from the uh, Adventures of Superman show starts. And my ears perk up. Oh, cool. What's Andy going to be doing with Adventures of Superman? And then it's me talking and... I had to laugh. I'm like, oh, God, that's funny. That's very funny. He was playing one of my promos, and that just blew me away to be there. I totally unexpected. So thank you, guys. You guys have just been terrific in the Superman and podcasting community. Podcasting community. You guys have just been terrific. Michael, right in the middle of Views, of the Long, views from the Long Box the other day with his friend Shag Matthews, stopped right in the middle of their conversation and plug the show. It was great. And and uh, Michael Bradley did the same. 
and played the promo. Charlie Niemeyer, the same. Thank you, guys. Also, great email from from, uh, Douglas Meacham. Thank you, Douglas. And to S. Via, or is it S. Via? V-I-A, last name. Thank you also for your email. Terrific piece of email. I appreciate it. And to to one of your points, uh, the F was a lucky coincidence. The former host and creator of this show, J. David Weeder, who is awesome, by the way, also did that logo so that the F originally stood for forever. And, uh, of course, now it works for me as well. So, thank you all for your email. I do appreciate it. Well, in the world of Superman comic books, since we met last, John Romita Jr. has come over from Marvel Comics to draw Superman. Yeah, he started with uh, Superman number 32. I think it's a decent start. I'm going to hold, you know, reservation. I'll talk about, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. I'll talk about Superman and John Romita Jr., I think. But I'm going to give this little team of Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. a little time uh, before I comment. I've only seen one issue. Now, some of you will know that it was Jeff Johns' Brainiac story that kind of got me back into comic books, and Superman particularly on any kind of a regular basis. And then, of course, pretty much as soon as I got back in, DC decided to take him out of his own comics and go the world of Krypton. And then when he came back, it was grounded. And then it was this, and it was was terrible. And two years of nothing. And then now we've had almost three years of the new 52. Um, But something I do like about John Romita Jr., actually, uh, in this first issue... um, there is a power to to his Superman, and he looks like uh, Superman, a little older. I like that. He doesn't have to be old, but I think he's got to be older than 23, 4, 25 years old. I think he has to be closer to 30. Somebody one time said Superman should be perpetually 29. Personally, I'd like to see him perpetually 33. I think that's a really good, strong age for him. John Romita Jr. drawing uh, Superman now with Jeff Johns writing it. So I'm very curious, very interested. Decent start. We'll see how it goes. The Doomed storyline is uh, coming to an end. We'll see the ramifications of that. Wasn't terrible. You know, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of it so far. I think there's still two more to go. I haven't read Superman Wonder Woman yet. I think I just got that. So I haven't read that yet. And uh, Action 33, I think. I haven't read that yet either, so a little behind. But overall, uh, Doomed has not been terrible. And I like what particularly they're doing in Action Comics. I like what Greg Pak is doing in Action Comics. I think I might have to get back into Justice League, and I'm not sure if I want to or not, but got way behind but i'm hearing good things so i don't know i don't know i might have to look into earth 2 as well seems to be a lot of controversy there about what's going on with whatever they're doing there with superman on the earth 2 superman uh so i might have to look into that i don't know you guys reading any of those things other alternative superman stories anyway comics have not been terrible Have you heard? They're uh, filming this movie. It's called Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. In fact, 
the director, Zack Snyder, just this week released... <laughs> Did I get you? Are you there? You still there? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not clicking on any of that stuff. I am still trying to stay spoiler-free of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I'll look at picture or two if, uh, if I see some stills out, particularly of the costumes. I'll, I'll take a few peeks. Speaking of which, uh, since we were together again, since we were together last, there is a uh, picture of the tweaks that have been made to the Superman costume since Man of Steel. And though they're preliminary, the picture was not, you know, super detailed. Uh, I like what I saw. I think they're, they are doing what I was hoping they were doing, brightening that S a little bit. Looks a little thinner, a little a little stronger though. The blue is a shade brighter, but basically the same same costume with little trim detail, a little different on the cuff and a little different belt area. Uh, not drastic changes, but uh, I think beneficial. I think uh, positive changes to the suit. No idea until we actually sit in a movie theater and see it. But even without listening to spoilers, even without reading spoilers. Just from some of the headlines, just from some of the the vibe, and maybe I'm projecting that onto myself, or I'm projecting that myself, but I just can't imagine if you're a comic book fan, particularly a superhero fan, particularly a DC fan, or a Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman fan, how you could not be, even in the slightest, interested in this film. This is going to be huge. Think about it, folks. It's Superman... Batman and Wonder Woman in live action, huge budget, multi-million dollar film. DC no more wants to put out bad comics than Warner Brothers wants to make a bad movie. They want to make, I'm sure, a terrific film. They want to make the best film they can. The closer we get to this thing, Every little tidbit that is leaked out from Warner Brothers, the more excited I get uh, for this movie coming up. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. But I'm still avoiding spoilers, so, you know, I don't need to know anything else now. I know that those three are going to be in it, uh, plus others, but the others, it doesn't matter. I know Lex Luthor's in it, I don't care. It doesn't matter who else is in it. So, trying to stay spoiler-free, and I'll save all opinions about the movie other than little tidbits like you just heard, until I've actually seen the movie. The dawn of an age. The founding of a family. You know we haven't done enough research into the effects of cosmic rays. We've got to take that chance. Conditions are right tonight. Let's go. They're penetrating the ship. Our shielding isn't strong enough. I feel like I'm burning up. Too heavy. Can't move. Too heavy. We're all alive. I feel so strange. You're fading away. I can't see you at all anymore. Look what's happened to you. You're changing. Oh, Reed, not you too. What happened to me? To all of us. I can fly. We gotta use that power to help mankind, right? And so was born the Fantastic Four. Or soon the Mole Man will have the entire world in his power. I am the mightiest living mortal on Earth. And half mankind shall feel that might. The Fantastic Four. 
little debate dream there but palms in my hands of Dr. Doom. The Human Torch will be the puppet master's next victim. You bastards can't change the way I can. But he's the most powerful person on Earth. I've been expecting you. For I am the thinker. I vow never to return, my lord. Until the Fantastic Four are no more, and the Fantasy is no more. You're in the presence of the awesome Ralatons, King of Kings, Master of Men, and Lord of the Seven Sons. Fool, you're just a muscular freak. Blind or Hulk. Stop! You must not enter the castle of Diablo. My journey has ended. I think shall sustain him to let him drained of all elemental life. So speak the lashes. Flame on! It's clobbering time! The Fantastic Four from the very beginning witness the origins of a legend. The Fantasticast. ffcast.libsyn.com Grom. I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we bought, why we sold on eBay. All that matters is that 50 cent Captain Kirk Migo action figure. That's what's important. Cheapness pleases you, Grom. So grab me one request. Grab me the fruit of suburbia's garage sales. Let me drive those dealers away from that box of records and hear the lamentations of the children as I buy their Star Wars toys for a quarter. And if you do not listen, then to hell with you! Hello, I'm Chris Honeywell, and I make my living going to garage sales and then selling the junk I find on eBay. That's right, just like those assholes on TV. You can hear a podcast all about it where I tell you about all the good junk I got, how I sold it, give you tips, gripe, bitch, and moan, and even have friends come along with me. So check it out. It's called Garage Sale Gloat, and it can only be found at 2TrueFreaks.com, which is, of course, the home of the 2 True Freaks Network. Duh. James Bartholomew Olson. Let me say a couple of things right from the start on this. One. Jimmy Olsen is not a sidekick. And two, without Jack Larson absolutely owning this character, Jimmy Olsen would still be a copy boy making an occasional appearance in a panel or two for expositional purposes to the plot. All right, let's take the sidekick thing first. Jimmy Olsen is not a sidekick. All right, there was this thing that came around, um, I don't know, it might have been Facebook, might have been somewhere, I saw it online. It's probably just one of those, you know, um, headlines to click so that they can get their little click count up or something. Um, but it was something about the top whatever sidekicks of all time. So I thought I'd take a look and see how high, my first thought was to see how high uh, they ranked Robin the Boy Wonder. But notice that Jimmy Olsen was on the list of sidekicks. It doesn't matter where. I don't remember where, but it doesn't matter where. He shouldn't have been there. He's not a sidekick. Now, some people who know a little about Superman or 
know some of the classic stories of Superman, might point to Superman number 158. That's volume one Superman, by the way, the original. Volume one, 158. And then again to Jimmy Olsen's comic number 69, where, yes, he was the sidekick to Superman in a story in the bottled city of Candor, where Jimmy Olsen was Flamebird to Superman's Nightwing. And you can point to maybe, I, I would even think maybe a dozen or so stories in the mid-60s where they were aging Robin. Robin had become late teen, closer to Jimmy Olsen's age. And World's Finest did a couple of years there, a series of stories on and off where it was the four of them, Superman, Batman, Robin, and Jimmy Olsen as a sidekick. But even counting all of those stories, and then the stories himself, all of the stories that Jimmy was in, less than 10% of them have him acting as Superman's sidekick. Sidekick has very specific rules, and in those Kandorian stories, he played the part of the sidekick, and he was a good one. Those are great stories, and it's uh, one of the reasons I'm not talking about 158 today in the Jimmy Olsen story and uh, Jimmy Olsen 69 is one that I want to save the Superman number 158 for my favorite Superman stories of all time episode. It's going to be on the list somewhere. I'm not sure where yet and how deep. But anyway, I wanted to save that. But again, there's only, you know, a handful of actual stories that show Jimmy Olsen as a sidekick to Superman rather than what they call him, his pal, a friend who will have some shared experiences. But usually in his own comic, though Superman would make an appearance in the beginning or the end, most of the time, Jimmy was, Jimmy Olsen was the main character in his own comic, and they had little or nothing to do with Superman. And most of them were comical. There was a lot of funny stuff going on. Well, hopefully funny to a 10 to 12 year old boy. And as it just so happens in the 60s, early 60s, I was 10 to 12 year old. So I liked it. <laughs> so anyway, he's not a sidekick. So there we go. Uh, I hope I saved that. You can show me and, and, and um, you know, maybe argue the point that you think he is a sidekick based on some uh, a story here and there. But I'm saying overall, in the lifespan and the history of the 150 plus issues of the Jimmy Olsen comic book. And it even continued after the Jimmy Olsen title itself folded. They continued the numbering into the Superman family and folded that and Lois Lane and Supergirl and other super family people into aptly named the Superman family. And there's some good stories in those books too. So, not a sidekick. Now, the other part of that opening statement, Jack Larson. There's no doubt that without Jack Larson owning the character Jimmy Olsen in that TV show, The Adventures of Superman, there would not have been a comic book. Nothing leading up to the Jimmy Olsen comic book in the comics themselves screamed, this character needs his own book, until The Adventures of Superman and Jack Larson. Then Jimmy played a bigger part in the regular Superman titles. And finally... In July 1954, Jimmy Olsen number one hit the stands. And it's about the Jimmy Olsen comic book that and that character that I'm talking about today. 
whether he was a sidekick, whether he was a clown, comic relief, Superman's pal. How did they use Jimmy Olsen in the comic books? And this is what I'm saying. I would like to get you to look at the Jimmy Olsen comic books with a different mindset as you start to open a comic book that says Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen on it. Especially those that were edited by Mort Weisinger and in the 60s, mid, early to mid-60s. Well, actually, I'll say it all, from the, from the mid-50s, because that's where he really got his popularity, say 54, 55, 56, and the comic continued to do well right into the mid-60s, 63, 64. A good run. But I'd like you to take this mindset when you think about a Jimmy Olsen comic book, because... A lot of times when people will say about the Silver Age how silly the stories were, many times the story that they will pick out will include a Jimmy Olsen story. And they're not wrong. Many, many of the Jimmy Olsen comic books by today's standards, today's sensibilities, would be considered silly. Fair enough. But take that into consideration. But now take this mindset. Think of him this way as you think about a Jimmy Olsen comic book. Think of it as if it were a sci-fi fantasy sitcom. Because that's really what it is. You've had your regular title, Superman in Action, where he'd be fighting monsters, and, uh, and even in those comics, Jimmy would be more serious character. But in his own title, it's almost like they said, anything goes. Let's see what we can do with this guy. Let's have some fun with the Superman characters in the Superman world. Let's have some fun. And they used Jimmy Olsen to do that. Whether he grew six arms, came into a million dollars several times and lost it, or travel into the future and have adventures with the Legion of Superheroes. There was a story where he traveled into the past. And to save his own skin, getting into trouble, of course... To save himself, he combed his hair like a beetle wig, John Lennon's beetle wig, and sang, yay, 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 she loves you, and became, became the red-headed beetle of 2000 BC. Yeah, they were silly, but they were fun. Fun is not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with having fun with some of these characters. And they did it with the Jimmy Olsen. They, that's how they used Jimmy Olsen. I loved getting a new Jimmy Olsen comic book. And not only for the stories that were zany and crazy, but also because many of them, again, had my favorite artist in them, Kurt Swan. It's just amazing how much this man drew. But now looking back at them again uh, as an adult and looking through some of these things, I'm noticing more and more as I look at some of these comics critically and look at them with a little more serious eye, and the fact that I have a tablet and I can get some of these comics digitally and then really zoom in on them and um, get a good look at them, I'm starting to really see the difference when Kurt Swan uh, has a different inker, depending on who inks him. I never really paid much attention to that kind of thing. I mean, I knew Kurt Swan. But he's had a lot of different inkers over the time, over the the period of... uh, He just drew so much stuff for DC during the 50s and 60s. Staggering amount of work. 
But that's another reason to pick up some of these Jimmy Olsen comic books and to read some of these things is because of the incredible Kurt Swan artwork. And it seems like, uh, like I said, he's been inked by many different people over the years. And uh, these particular comics that I've been reading over the last couple of weeks were inked by John Forte, F-O-R-T-E. And there's something about his inking. Maybe it's the thin line, but these just look different. They look different. It's Kurt Swan, but there's a whole different realism to them. It looks, I don't know. There's just something about these Jimmy Olsen comics. Uh, for the artwork alone, the great Kurt Swan artwork alone. And then you get these great, funny, funny stories, if, again, you have the right mindset. And just go in and think, gee, these might be fun. In the decade of the 1970s and 80s, not even the great city of Metropolis could be spared the ravages of an energy crisis, supercriminal attacks, or disco. The job of protecting the city fell to Superman, whose battle for truth, justice, and the American way made him a symbol of hope for the city of Metropolis. Charlie Niemeyer in association with the Superman Podcast Network presents Superman in the Bronze Age. Superman of the Bronze Age is a bi-weekly podcast highlighting the Bronze Age adventures of the Man of Steel in various comic titles. Follow along at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com Why do you think superheroes are so important? People need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them, something to aim for, somebody to try to be like. and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other, the caped crusader, carrying out a solemn vow to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Up! Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at greatcrypton.com. So what have I chosen to talk about comic-wise 
pick one of my comics. Now, I do have little rules for the show that I'd like to try to stick to. If I'm going to talk about a comic here on the show, uh, I'd like to own it. I already have it. I have it in my comic collection. Uh, It would be nice to, you know, pick a comic that actually demonstrates what I'm talking about. But that's not always necessary. It could be just for fun. So, how would I choose? Like I said, I was going to choose several comics, look at them to talk about both topics, uh, whether he was a sidekick or not, and the fact that uh, he's comic relief. It's a sitcom. So I was going to try to find a comic that maybe fit both of those. But I eliminated Superman Volume 1, number 158, because I want to use that on a future show of my favorite comics. And uh, that goes along with the Jimmy Olsen number 69. They kind of go, it's almost a part one, part two continued story. It's not really, they're two different stories, but they both take place in Candor. They're both about uh, Superman as Nightwing and Jimmy Olsen as Flamebird. Good stories. So how did I choose the the one I was going to use today? Uh, Well, I just decided to let, you know, the computer choose. So uh, I entered the numbers of the comics that I have, the Jimmy Olsen comics that I have, into a generator and let it choose. And it came up with Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 39. And I'm going to do the first story in this comic. But for a really good synopsis, a detailed synopsis of this, go to episode of Billy Hogan's Superman fan podcast the superman fan podcast with billy hogan uh episode 283 of his great show he does a full detailed synopsis of this entire issue jimmy olsen's number 39 so when we come back we'll look at jimmy olsen number 39 hey michael hey dad we need to record another new trailer another one yes you know that we read comics and then talk about comics because as we've established talking about comics you've not read is just dumb yeah and you make me do it every thursday well we've moved have we yes we have outgrown our old location i don't feel like i've moved and we have now moved to twotruefreaks.com what was that again twotruefreaks.com a kids comics still every thursday at twotruefreaks.com Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 39, September 1959, actually shipped somewhere around July 2nd, 1959. Cover, the great Kurt Swan, inked by Stan Kay. Editor, Mort Weisinger. All three stories in this particular issue have the same creative staff. Story written by Otto Binder, or Bender, B-I-N-D-E-R. Drawn by Kurt Swan and inked by John Forte. Now, for today's episode, we're only going to talk about the first story in this issue, the cover story, The Super Lad of Space. By the way, this story has been reprinted in uh, Showcase Presents Superman Family Volume 3. In fact, all three of the stories in this particular issue are in that issue of uh, showcase presents as a quick side note you know doing these synopses i never know whether to do you know like a straight synopsis just tell the story do a straight one and then come back and criticize it or 
you know, add the snarky comments while I'm doing it, doing the synopsis. Anyway, the story opens at a special day where <clears throat> Superman is about to uh, launch a rocket into space by throwing it there. Now, while he's making a little speech, the countdown has already started, and Jimmy decides to take this as the opportunity to sneak into the capsule and take a few pictures. Now, he has his Superman costume on because he's there covering the event or participating in the event as the president of the Superman fan club. So he's got a Superman costume on. Uh, that's important to the story. So anyway, he takes that opportunity as the countdown is going down. He takes that opportunity to jump in the capsule to take a few quick pictures. When all of a sudden, Superman finishes his speech, turns around, picks up the rocket, and hurls it into space. As Jimmy floats to the roof of the capsule, he realizes, gee, I must be in space. I don't know. The story tells, it says the thing that Superman threw the capsule into space with the thrust of a hundred or a thousand or whatever bombs or missiles or something. In other words, he did it really hard. So I would think Jimmy would be on the floor. And that would be a, you know, the G-force is the gravity pushing him, squashing him to a bug, like a bug. That would give him some idea of the fact that, hey, he might be in space. But, you know, anyway, he floats to the top of the capsule and realizes he's in space. Uh, after a couple of days in space, the rocket crashes on a, uh, a strange planet, a foreign planet, an alien planet, a world out there in space after two days of traveling because Superman threw it that hard. It goes to this other world where the ship crashes. And immediately Jimmy realizes, gee, I must have superpowers or I must be something because this crash would have killed me. And no, it didn't. So I'm invulnerable. And hey, look, I'm flying. Yes, yeah, so he realizes pretty quickly that he has power similar to those of Superman and he tests them immediately and realizes he has some supervision powers and he also has uh, super strength and obviously invulnerability and now he can fly. So is investigating the uh, terrain in the area. He comes across uh, a ranch and they have like these scarecrow looking things sticking there. So he takes the clothes off of one of those to put on and figures he'll be able to blend in better with the local people if he has the, you know, their own clothes on. But then the local rancher comes riding by and says, hi, Jimmy Olsen. And they ride on and keep on riding and course jimmy is mystified how do they know who i am well soon jimmy olsen uses jimmy uses his telescopic vision super lad uses telescopic vision as supervision and sees a meteor shower coming towards a city a local city uh using some metal that he sees these long rods that are used apparently for the local people's monorail or rail of some kind he he um catches the um meteors each one on a on a, a rail a big rail like a shish kebab or something and when he brings them back down the 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 local people cheer and holler and yay 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 and anyway their conversation goes on when jimmy lands and they have this other conversation about how they speak english and they show him that they've been monitoring monitoring and that english is a universal language because it's so common and easy or something <laughs> But um, 
Anyway, one thing leads to another, and he flies off and says thank you. So he tries to adapt another secret identity. Oh, by the way, he tells them that uh, since they know of Superman and the Superfeats, that he can call the, he they can now call him Super Lad, and he's from Earth. So anyway, this happens uh, several other times. Several other super feats happen during this time that Jimmy is on this planet. Things that he will do to save the population or uh, help the population. But he realized pretty quickly that now that they know who he is and he would be walking around in his super costume, they would ask him, would you mind doing this for me? And they would ask him to do menial tasks, get you know, an animal out of a tree or whatever, or deliver this, or, you know, lots of little things and constantly. Well, he did them all and did them nicely and politely, as he thought Superman would do, but then realized that as long as he walked around in the costume, people are going to know he's super lad and they're going to know who he is, and they're going to ask him to do these things. So he takes on several jobs. This happens through several times during the issue, where he, during the story, where he takes on several different occupations in this uh, uh, new world. And, by the way, each person that he comes across has a plaque on them in their work clothes, and it has their name, like uh, whatever they are, a politician or a farmer or a rancher or whatever. Their occupation is, is on a little plaque. So Jimmy puts on the clothes and a plaque of, uh, for example, one of the uh, um, um, farmers and has to do a super task to save the farm. And they all thank him and say, thank you, Jimmy Olsen. And every, it didn't matter what kind of a costume or what kind of identity or secret identity he tried to use or job. People knew simply they would say, hi, Jimmy Olsen or super lad. How are you? Who are you? Thank you very much. And he couldn't figure out how all the people knew who he was, regardless of what he was. Well, this happened several times, and eventually, Superman shows up and wants to take him back home. And uh, when they get back, you know, they don't talk much because, you know, you can't talk in space. So when they get back, uh, Jimmy says, how did you find me? And Superman says he used his microscopic vision to see his footprints on the stairs leading to the rocket capsule doesn't make sense see footprints with microscopic vision would have made more sense if he had said to see your i saw your fingerprints on the railing or whatever but anyway they said a microscopic vision saw this jimmy's footprints leading to the capsule then he used his uh telescopic vision to find the trajectory of the rocket and follow it to the planet where he then showed up and took jimmy back home and Jimmy just couldn't figure out. And he says, well, Superman, I tried, you know, doing all of these things, but it just got to be too much. So I tried to have a secret identity and everybody knew who I was. How was that possible? Have you figured it out yet, reader? That's right. Everybody on the planet had telepathy. They were reading your mind, Jimmy. That's how they knew, and that's how you couldn't have a secret identity on the planet Zulium. Zulian. Zulian. So, did this fit in the sidekick? No, not a sidekick. Not a sidekick. Story at all. Not even close. Was this a sitcom? Yeah, more or less. It's just like Lucy trying to get into Ricky Ricardo's show. This time, Jimmy gets into a rocket near Superman that he doesn't tell Superman about. 
and gets into trouble. Oh my, the candy's coming out of the little chute too fast. Now what do I do? Oh my, I'm on another planet with superpowers. Everybody wants me to do stuff and I can't hide my secret identity. Hmm. What's the moral of the story? Not easy being Superman, is it, Jimmy? <laughs> I did think it was kind of interesting that when, you know, Superman finds him, shows up on the planet, and there was just no questions asked. It was no big deal. It was nothing. It was like, hey, wait a minute. I got superpowers here. If I can, you know, figure this whole, you know, memory thing out, why they all know who I am, uh, maybe I should stick around here and be their superhero, be their super lad. But there was none of that. It was like, Superman is here. I'm going home now. Goodbye. And, well, there wasn't any goodbyes. There was two panels. Superman's here, puts him in a super suit, and flies back to Earth, where they talk. A very typical Jimmy Olsen story, when you really get right down to it. Very, very typical. And not bad. I enjoyed it. I also love the Kurt Swan. I go back to the Kurt Swan artwork again. And now, even though Jimmy Olsen is wearing the Superman costume, this Kurt Swan does not draw Superman with Jimmy Olsen's head or face on it. This is an entirely different body type. And that's nice to see, little things like that. But I love the artwork. I love it throughout. The super feats, that, uh, the super tasks that Jimmy Olsen do, does throughout are fun, creative, and... I must say, though, that even from the cover, to be honest with you, the cover of the story pretty much told me. I, you know, I just seem to remember even as a kid thinking, well, maybe they can read your mind. When on the very cover, there's people as Jimmy flies above. He says, how do they know who I am? And they're flying below saying, hi, super lad, or hi, Jimmy Olsen. How do they know who I am? So I immediately thought, well, they can read your mind. Anyway, that was uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 39. Not a sidekick, more of a sci-fi fantasy sitcom. Let's have some fun. Although this one wasn't really one of the, you know, real crazy ones. This one wasn't the one where he grew six arms. This isn't the one where he turned into a giant lizard or um, a genie. Yes, there's an episode where he turns into a genie in a bottle or a magic lamp. So, on and on and on. Jimmy Olsen. That was Jimmy Olsen number 39. Written by Otto Bender. Good job, Otto. Okay, so, to recap, what have we learned today? What happened? What was going on in this episode? Well, we thank you for your email. Ask you for more at bob at supermanforever.com. We're cautiously optimistic about the Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr. Uh, run on Superman. Joining Greg Pack over at Action Comics, that'll be a nice one, too. Hopefully, we'll get some nice things going with Superman. Guardedly optimistic there, and still very much looking forward to Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Looking forward to it. How can you not, actually? Again, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, come on. Come on. And Jimmy Olsen, not a sidekick, more of a sitcom. So, that should do it. What do I want to say to end the show with here? Read a Jimmy Olsen comic book, okay? Pick one up somewhere, find a Jimmy Olsen, read a Jimmy Olsen comic book with a whole new attitude of, I'm going to read something fun in the Superman world. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Some fun stories, great Kurt Swan artwork. 
And the next time you get a chance, watch an Adventures of Superman episode. And this time, just stay focused on Jack Larson. Watch him. Watch the episode, or several of them. You don't have to stop at one, but watch it from his perspective. It's terrific. It really is. So, thank you, Jack Larson. Thank you, Kurt Swan. Thank you, Otto Bender. (laughs) I've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Up, up, and away! Superman is based on the original character appearing in Action Comics and Superman Magazine. All copyrights are, well, owned by their perspective copyright holders. I do this for fun, not profit, because, well, there's no profit to be made in talking about Superman on a podcast, so don't sue me. Be back next time for an all-new episode of Superman Forever Radio. I'm Bob Fisher. I'll go with Miss Lane. I won't let anything happen to her. And don't call me Chief. Use him along the way. I'll be with you in a minute, Mr. Kent. Thanks, Chief. Don't call me Chief. I just thought I'd mention it, Chief. Well, then why didn't you take more notice of him? And don't call me Chief. And is your name Kent? No, sir. My name's Jimmy Olsen, Chief. Don't call me Chief. Chief. Don't call me Chief. I guess you don't type as fast as you used to, huh, Chief? Maybe not as fast, but just as good. And don't call me Chief! Oh, there's a boy I want to see, Olsen. Yes, Chief? Don't call me Chief! Just a minute, Jimmy. I'll phone you when I get out there this evening, Chief. And don't call me Chief! Oh, Oh, I'm sorry, Chief. It's entirely my fault, sir. We peasants deserve to be knocked over. But don't call me Chief. Job back. I promise never to act like a millionaire again. You promise never to call me Chief again? Never to call you... Never again. All right. Report for work in the morning. Oh, golly, thank you, Chief. What did you call me? I... And all I want to do is to get back to my office, where people barge in without knocking, interrupt me when I'm working, and bother me so I could scream. Golly, Chief, then you do like my work. Don't call me Chief. But that did feel real good. Yes, I'd like a couple of reporters around here who can write sensible stories. What's the matter with Kent today? All right, never mind. Just tell Kent I want to see him when he gets back. And don't call me Chief, either. Have you got any ideas, Chief? You're supposed to be a reporter. You get the ideas, and don't call me Chief. Sure good to see you again, Chief. Don't call me Chief. Gosh, Chief. Don't call me... Well, all right, James. This is one time you may call me Chief. Including the bow tie. Yeah, it's cool. Bow ties are cool. This from the man in the bow tie. Bow ties are cool. Bow ties are cool. Here's one. Bow tie. Get rid. Bow ties are cool.